Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we are in our last study of the little book of Zephaniah. It's a three-chapter book of the Bible, and it's just been a power-packed study. It's it's been a, um, a prophecy for the people in the southern kingdom of Judah, Jerusalem, um, that they are going to be judged because of their sin by God. And God tells them not only is He going to judge them, He's going to judge the whole world. And uh, it's a powerful... It is a powerful uh, lesson for these folks. And um, as we started chapter 3, one of the important lessons that we learn is God says, wait for me. Don't get ahead of my program. Wait for me. His presence is already with you. His righteousness is already evident. You just need to slow down and look and listen to his voice. See his plan. His plan is holy, and it may not look like God's plan is being carried out, but it is. You need to trust it, accept it, and understand He is a just God, and His justice never fails. So, many times I think we today are ahead of God's plan, but these people certainly were. Lessons for them and lessons for us today. Now, as we uh, begin in verse 9, McGee says, you know, we end on a message of hope. And this message of hope is that, in contrast to all the previous judgment, God reveals His nature again. He's not just a God who's mean and, you know, ready to punish. He's also a God of love. He's got to punish sin, but it's because He is full of love. He's trying to save. 
as many people from their sins as possible. And God's using every little trial and tribulation He can to understand, for us to understand His nature. Verse 9, so we'll jump in with this um, context. For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech. He says, wait for me. Because when God implements His justice and His righteousness is revealed, He is jealous for the children He loves. And He will reveal His righteousness. And then all of a sudden, when His righteous people are revealed, and he restores his righteousness. The speech of the people will be a pure speech. In other words, they will be praising him. They're not going to be worried about the worldly matters. The speech will change to a pure speech. That all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. Verse 10, from beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshipers, the daughter of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. He's going to change the speech, and people are going to praise him from all around. Not just the nation Israel, but it'll be the nations of the world. And my dispersed ones, you know, God places all these people where He wanted them. And we've seen that throughout Scripture. He calls it, you know, His children of the dispersion. In other words, He refers to them not as exile. The Assyrians and the Babylonians didn't come in and conquer the upper kingdom, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom and take all these exiles away. He's telling them he was in control of the Assyrians. He was in control of the Babylonians. And they, yes, they did take the people into exile. But yes, God says, I did that. And they were dispersing my people where I wanted them. So sometimes you may feel like you're cut off too. Or you may feel like you're having to walk through Things right by yourself. God says he puts you where you, he wants you. That's his dispersion. But the people who've been dispersed, they'll be bringing God's offering. God puts people where he wants them. On that day you shall not be put to shame because of the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. Then I will remove from your midst your proudly exultant ones, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. God's going to restore his people, and he's going to forgive their sins because they put their faith and their trust in him. And you're not going to be put to shame by the mistakes you've made. God's going to restore his people he's going to he's going to get rid of the proud ones the haughty ones 
But I will leave in your midst a people humble and lowly. God's going to restore his people in humility. They shall seek refuge in the name of the Lord. Okay? They're not seeking refuge in their self, their pride, or their power. Those who are left in Israel, they shall no longer do injustice and speak no lies, no, nor shall there be found in their mouth a deceitful tongue. For they shall graze and lie down, and none shall be, uh, and none shall make them afraid. God's people, when He restores them, there's going to be no more foul play, injustice. God's kingdom is going to be established in His righteousness. There's going to be no more fear. This is a very, very hopeful picture of the future when God's kingdom is restored. A sharp contrast to the world we live in today, huh? And the world that the southern kingdom was living in too. Verse 14, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. How wonderful a feeling that is when some judgment against you is removed. How wonderful that must feel. What a relief. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. Now we already know now we we have eternal life in Christ. And He abides in us and we abide in Him. We are with our Father through the body of Christ with our Father. And that is so reassuring. But this is the completion of that. Because right now we are still in the physical world. But this is the completion of the physical world too. Verse 17, this is a powerful verse to me. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Can you imagine? The Lord is with you in your midst. He's with you among your cancer your hardships, your struggles in this world. He's, in, he's with you in your midst. He's a mighty one. He doesn't run from danger. He defeats it. He doesn't run from cancer. He defeats it. He doesn't run from any medical problem, any financial problem, any worldly problem. He defeats it. He will save Everyone from death. He's under control. He will rejoice over you with gladness. We get a picture of God's joy. Total gladness. He will quiet you by His love. 
those of us who are upset will have nothing but his gladness, his joy, and his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. God will be singing over us. How beautiful that is. You want a picture of God's emotion? There it is. Total gladness. Total rejoicing. Total joy. Total love. Total beautiful emotion of singing over us. Totally with us. A totally mighty God at the same time. Verse 18, I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. People are mourning. He's going to gather those people specifically. Mourning, wishing they could worship. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors and I will save the lame and gather the outcast. All those people who were in exile or dispersed, they were mourning because they couldn't worship. Specifically gather those people. The lame, the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. God's going to tell His people, He's going to restore them. And I will bring you in at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Does that mean he promises everybody a pot of gold? No, I think his the fortunes that he's going to restore the people will be his presence. Their eternal life in his presence. Their fortune is God's presence. What a hopeful day. What a hopeful picture Zephaniah is. Zephaniah ends with God singing over us. How powerful. It starts in judgment, but it ends with the judge singing with gladness and love and exalting us. Tremendous picture. Tremendous study and insight into God's nature. So now we'll stop here, and I believe tomorrow is Thursday, and we'll be starting the book of Jude. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow. I'm really anxious to start... um, Jude, I've never studied it either. I love this Zephaniah book. So from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And we hope you'll join us as we study our next book tomorrow. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great and look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. God bless you all. Hello. 
Hello, so today we have come to the end of our study in the little book of Zephaniah. It's been an amazing journey. Um, you know, the whole context of the dark side of love. You know, we get to understand why we get to go through certain trials and tribulations, certain circumstances in life. You know, it's not that God wants to punish us or anything. You know, God has an intended purpose if you're his child. Um, he has an intended purpose for us going through certain situations and circumstances in life. Like this morning, you know, I woke up to the sad news that, you know, one of my friends um, has lost um, a couple of day old baby. Um, she just had a baby. She had a cesarean section. And, you know, I, I can't imagine what she's going through because I haven't been through that situation but it must be dreadful because I feel bad if I feel this bad that she's going through that situation what more her like how is she feeling and you know it's times like this when people get to question you know why certain things why this happened to them you know they get to question God why this happened to them but there's a purpose and the reason behind everything that happens if you're a child of God and um you know the only thing that um we can offer her as people who know her and people who love her as her friends you know is you know the comforting words of God there's a reason why everything happens so with that being said, um, here we are in our last study of the book of Zephaniah and it's been an interesting journey. So as far as this book of Zephaniah is concerned, the storm is over. So this book opened in darkness, it opened in judgment. And in yesterday's study, we saw the judgment of the city of Jerusalem and it was very, very frightening. And here, the last part of our study in chapter 3, starting at verse 9, it's a picture of the Great Tribulation period when God judges all nations and um, will, you know, they will, and the nations will be brought up against Jerusalem in the last days. So here we have two kinds of judgments. So we have God's judgment of his own people, his children, and this is always um, a chastement. Uh, a chastened man um and you know scripture says whom the lord loves he chastens so this is child's training this is discipline you know whom god loves it's more like in our homes you know when you know our parents because they love us and when we do something wrong uh, they chasten us to correct us and then there's a second kind of judgment and god must judge the unbelieving world because god is righteous um, so he judges evil. And this is the picture that we have here. So this story here is a story of the dark side of love. So that's the dark side. That's the dark side of love that we get to see. You know, through God's, through God's judgment, there is love. So, you know, our great physician who takes his own and puts his loved ones on the operating table. That's the dark side of love. To help us, to chasten us, to purify us. It's like passing, um, you know, um, you know, you get like a, an unpure rock, you know, that has gold in it. And, you know, it's passed through the heat, the furnace. And, you know, there's the dross and then there's the gold that comes out. And, you know, these are the trials that we pass through here when we're here on earth. So even in judgment, God is love. Even when he's judging the unsaved and his own, he is still love. So 
what we endure down here is a blessing in disguise. And, you know, we only get to see that one day. Um, or we won't get to see it at all until, you know, his coming here on earth. That's when we get to see, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. So now, verse 9, where our study begins from, it reads, Then I will restore the peoples in pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. So God has a purpose uh, and, you know, um, theological, that's if I'm saying it correctly, uh, theological, yeah, theological purpose um, of God. And it's through this section because now, we are in the light, so we are no longer, so we came from darkness, from judgment, so we are no longer in the darkness. Um, we're no longer in the darkness of the judgment or the day of the Lord that begins in the night. Um, so the sun has now arisen and light has broken upon mankind. So here it says a pure language. So it says, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language so a pure language is a pure language here it basically means the language will be pure there will be no blasphemy or vileness in you know what people say or any vulgar language or repulsive language it's um you know pure in thought word and deed to be pure language so um verse 9 goes on to read there that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. So here to serve him with one accord, there will be no rebellion against God in that day. Everyone will serve him with one accord. Verse 10 goes on to read, From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my worshippers, the daughters of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. So Ethiopia, as a nation, will enter the millennial kingdom. Um, and... Their offering will be um, the offering that Christ made. Um, so it just shows, you know, the nation will go and will enter into the millennial kingdom. Verse 11 goes on to read, In that day you shall not be shamed for any of your deeds in which you transgress, in which you transgress against me. For then I will take away from your midst those who rejoice in your pride and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. So here he's talking to his own. So one of the things God was judging his people for, uh, one of the things he was judging them for was that they had no shame in their sins. And today people sin openly. People don't have, you know, people don't have shame in their sins. And that's what God was judging his people for. And God's people... You know, they will never reach a place where they are satisfied in sin, where they're living in sin and they're just complacent and they are happy with sin. If you're a child of God, you will be very uncomfortable. Yes, you will stumble, you will fall, but you will not stay in sin. You will not continuously sin. So if one can live uh, in sin and be happy, then they're not a child of God. You know, the prodigal son was never happy in the pig pen because he had the attributes and the characters of his father. And, you know, he came back home to his father. He was not a pig. He had the nature of his father. So, you know, as a child of God, you cannot stay in sin. You know, you will fall, you will stumble. And this is the day um, the meek shall inherit the earth. 
So today, you know, that's not happening. It's, 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 the earth is, is right now being controlled by the prideful and all, and the people who are not, um, um, who are not humble. But um, this day, they, the meek shall inherit the earth. Verse 12 goes on to read, I will leave in your midst a meek and humble people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. So, you know, when the Babylonians took Israel into captivity, they um, were three deputations of slaves that were taken, but they actually never took all of them. They left the poor and the afflicted and the crippled. You know, they just left, you know, those people they felt they were not useful to them. So, you know, it was one thing, it was bad enough to be taken into captivity, but it must have been horrible to actually be left behind, you know, because they left these people who couldn't really fend for themselves. And God here is saying he actually intends to take care of the afflicted and the poor. So the Lord throughout scripture has, you know, always mentions that he actually intends to ensure that the poor get an honest deal and are treated right. So it's only God, the Lord Jesus Christ who, you know, has a program that works for the poor. Not all these programs that are put in place to, you know, for the poor. These programs are put in place to actually just benefit the bureaucrats and to benefit the people who are actually just putting them up there. They don't even benefit the poor at all. They've never worked. Verse 13 goes on to read, The remnant of Israel shall do no unrighteousness and speak no lies, nor shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed their flocks and lie down, and no one shall make them afraid. So God has always had a remnant and this is the picture of the remnant that's given here and there will be a large remnant in the millennial kingdom who will not speak lies so you know when when here at scripture says um it speaks of the fact that they won't do these things they won't speak lies and they will be righteous it means that at one point they did those things and they indulged in sin but they didn't do it permanently a child of God can't live in sin and be complacent about it. So they may get down in the pig pen, but they won't stay in the pig pen. You know, they'll get out of it. You know, so as, as a child of God, yes, we are human. We will stumble and we will fall, but we won't be complacent. We won't just live in sin and keep on sinning permanently. Um, if you're comfortable in sin, then, you know, you have to question your faith. So here um, it also reads... Um, and, you know, and no one shall make them afraid. So, you know, all this has reference uh, when God puts them back in the land and gives them the land. And today this prophecy has not yet been fulfilled because it's not that they're not afraid. They are afraid. Look at what's going on in that nation. Look at what's happening in that nation today. Um, you know, one at one point, my brother-in-law went to do some work in uh, Israel and you know there, there, there are bunkers you know when you hear bombings you know from afar or you all run underneath underground in, in bunkers and you hide there and you know and people are constantly living in fear so right now you know um, not that anyone sh you, you know like as scripture has stated here and no one shall make them afraid right now they are afraid so this them returning back to the land is not a fulfillment of prophecy so um now we get to verse 14 and here we come to the day when the kingdom is going to be set up on the earth 
by the king. So scripture reads, verse 14, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Verse 15, the Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy, the king of Israel. The Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. So here the Lord Jesus has now come to the earth and evil has been put down and the knowledge of the lord jesus christ will cover this earth you know like the waters covers um, the land verse 16 goes on to read in that day it shall be said to jerusalem do not fear zion let not your hands be weak so here jerusalem is afraid even today you know they haven't yet reached that peace and all you know they still um, so much confusion and here it says um, um, Zion let not your hand be weak so here basically it means be busy for the Lord you know do God's work verse 17 goes on to read the Lord your God in your midst um, sorry the Lord your God in your midst the mighty one will save he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you with his love he will rejoice over you with singing so god has a purpose and he goes through you know he goes through the night of judgment in order to bring us into the light of a new day so he does this so that the day might come when he can rest in his love so god loves us and God today can't rest in his love for us as we are not yet mature or perfect. You know, he's still trying to perfect us. So he can't rest in that love for us. But the day is coming when he will be, when actually we will be in his likeness after he's put us on that operating table and brought us to himself. You know, like the gold that passes through the, you know, the heat in order to remove the dross and, you know, to extract that pure gold scripture goes on to read verse 18 i will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who are among you to whom its reproach is a burden verse 19 behold at the, that time i will deal with all who afflicted you i will save the lame and gather those who were driven out i will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. Verse 20. At that time I will bring you back. Even at the time I gather you. For I will give you fame and praise. Among all the peoples of the earth. When I return your captives before your eyes. Says the Lord. So this is the day of light. You know. It ends in brightness. This is the, this is the day of light that has come. And it will be glorious for the nation Israel as well as for the church. Um, because God is putting us through that furnace, through the trials in order to, you know, that we may emerge victorious and glorious. And, um, you know, this is the dark side of love. Um, through God's judgment, there is love. Um, and God loves us so much that he wants us to mature. He chastens us as his children and he judges evil. So even through judgment, through the burden, through the, you know, ominous times, through the trials, God is love. Uh, the love of God is still portrayed 
in his judgment. So we have come to the end of this amazing book. It's been um, a great journey. I hope you all enjoyed it and you all learned something. Um, And, you know, despite the challenges that we're facing, you know, the times of COVID that we're going through, um, through it all, we will emerge victorious because God is love and God has a purpose um, and a reason for us to go through, um, you know, trials and tribulations. And we will thank him when he comes down here on earth. As Dr. Gaby McGee put it, you know, um, the amazing things is not going to be the, the golden streets and the pearl gates. It's, it's going to be the fact, the glorious thing is going to be the fact that we will go to God and we will thank him for everything that we went through down here. Yeah, so thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.